Welcome to the Burgundy and Gold Knuckleheads podcast, where two football diehard fans feel the joy and pain of being lifelong Washington fans. They will bring you an unapologetic and an occasional level-headed opinion. So hold on as we fight for old D.C. with your two favorite knuckleheads. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Burgundy and Gold Knuckleheads podcast. And as always, right over there, as expected, is my main man, Reggie. Yes, sir. What up, though? Oh, man. Just getting ready for training camp right around the corner here, man. It is, man. It's right, right on the horizon. Everybody's excited about that, man. And I'm excited. I mean, how can you not be excited? Uh, we, have, we have high expectations for Washington this year. For sure. So, uh, but... Today we got a we got a special guest coming on with us. We here do, today. man. I'm excited about yeah, it. This is our this is our first interview, first guest uh, for the Burgundy and Golden Knuckleheads, and with us today is former Washington Redskin wide receiver Anthony Armstrong. Anthony, thanks for joining us today. Man, appreciate it, Ken. Thanks for having me, Reggie. I appreciate y'all, man, taking the time to let an old guy like myself come on come on your podcast. <laughs> no, man. Thank you. We definitely appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, we, we greatly appreciate you uh, taking your time out of your day. Uh, I know everybody's busy uh, with, with with life in general, so uh, for you to take in, take a little piece of time out to to do this with us is is greatly appreciated. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Glad to do it. Love love connecting with you know Washington fans. Obviously, you know, Redskins now Commanders, and it's good to talk ball, man. I feel like I haven't talked with too many in a while, and. You know, now this past summer, been able to connect with a lot of folks and jump on podcasts. So I'm I'm excited to do it. Yeah, absolutely, right absolutely. And, and for people that don't know uh, Anthony's background, um, you know, Anthony's you know, and, and people that uh, are listeners, they know we're from. Uh, well, I'm from the D.C. area, but Reggie and I both are behind enemy lines here in Dallas. And Anthony, you went, you played high school. Uh, here in in the Dallas area, as well as uh, went to West Texas A and M. So yep, correct, correct. Yep. Did Did you grow up a, a Cowboys fan or root for any particular team, or how, how was that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I grew up a I grew up a huge Cowboys fan. Okay. So, to be honest, I mean, I wore twenty two whenever I played pee wee football. My mom would be in the in the living room yelling. Michael Irvin lived right, right down the street, okay. so right around the corner. Um, okay. Now, I mean, I, I don't want y'all to be like, Hey, he, he grew up in a big old, but no, it was just, uh, you know, Carrollton yeah. was a suburb of, of uh, one too far from Valley ranch and Michael Irvin lived right around the corner. And right. Right. we were just big Cowboys fans, man. That's, yeah. that's what it was. That's what that's all we knew. So yeah. going up to Washington was a, was a big shift, a big change. Well, it, it's funny because, you know, again, uh, to, to fill in the, the gap for some people, just real quick, uh, after you went, uh, after you graduated from West Texas A&M, you, you uh, played a little bit of arena football, went on to be on the Miami practice squad before coming to the Washington uh, practice squad. Then on 2000, do I have it right? 2010, uh, you yep. you were, you Made, made, the made, made the roster, made the, the active, active, active roster, roster right? and and Anthony, who who was your uh, first your your first catch in the NFL was against what team? It was against Dallas. That's so right. It, That's it, right. It all it all kind of came full circle. Um, <laughs> frankly, like I was just talking about this the other day, I should have had my first catch be a touchdown against Dallas, but. 
um, little butterfingers, you know, I guess some nerves caught up with me. But, yeah, I was able to get my first catch, and my first win was against, you know, that Tony Romo-led team. Right, right. I think it, I think it was like a fourth down that, that didn't get they, – they didn't convert at the end of the game. And um, in the I, I guess it was maybe the Washington Post. Like, the, the, the main picture was Tony Romo walking across with his head down. Right. And in the in the background, you see this little itty bitty blurry figure like jumping in the air, and that was me. <laughs> I was so excited to win that ball game because I mean, uh, it, it was just great to be able to beat the team that I had played for. I played for the Desperados too, right? Right. Okay. Which which was owned by Jerry Jones. Right. Uh, they're not around any longer. So I had literally been it's kind of a, in the. Cowboys organization for two years in right. 07 and 08 um, and by not getting picked up by them and then going down to Miami it was kind of a like hey y'all, y'all had me in the building right mm-hmm. um, but you know when when that Sperano Tony Sperano and rest in peace to him uh, Bill Parcells that whole tree went down to Miami that's that's how I ended up getting getting uh, into the league so okay. it, it kind of worked in a Things work in a mysterious way, you know. Work out, work out how they're supposed to. But it was, I was ecstatic to get that W against against Dallas. So, so let me ask you this: Was that game here in Dallas, or was it in Washington? It was in Washington. So, you know, we finished training camp, and immediately I'm thrown into my very first Dallas week. Wow! Wow! I I didn't know how y'all got down. <laughs> I, didn't know. <laughs> I you know it was like honk if you hate Dallas and burn a Dallas jersey and right. yeah. whoop, a, whoop a Cowboys fan. It was like everything was going on. And I was like, you, wow, you didn't realize okay. what you had gotten into, right? I didn't know, man. I didn't know. But it, it's funny. It's funny you say that because people don't understand what that rival is like, right? I mean, even with mm-hmm. among the fans and. Unfortunately, some of us fans expect the players to feel the exact same way. And I know you guys come from all different backgrounds, but the irony is that you came from Dallas rooting for the Cowboys, and now you've, you're playing for Washington, and the fans are wanting you to hate the Cowboys just as much as we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it was a weird shift. Yeah. It was definitely a weird shift. But I can tell you, though, um, fans should be happy that there is a, there is, there is a dislike for Dallas you know, when you're, when you're wearing the burgundy and gold, okay. you know, when you're okay. out there, like when you, you play Dallas, we, we are, we know that if we only go two or 14, or, you know, <laughs> team only wins two games, right, right. it better, it, it better be against Dallas. Right? Well, you're, 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 you're echoing what we've said in the past too, Anthony. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we say that as fans too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I respect that. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, well, uh, for you going into your to your uh, first training camp, you know, being undrafted, coming from the Arena League, you know, what what what's your mentality? And because uh, you know the the mentality from the perspective that you're coming from versus you know a first, first round a pick. first round wide receiver pick is, is totally different, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I I I worked the the probably extra rare route of working up the ladder to get to the league. Most mm-hmm. folks get to the league and then they, you know, kind of fall off and they're trying to get back up there and, and they go to the arena league to get some more tape in hopes of mm-hmm. making their way up. And I made it, I went up the ladder, it took me three years after my graduation, you know, to get into the league. I mean, 
it's it's a crazy story. You know, it's definitely you know a much longer podcast episode to get into the details, but. To, to make it to the league, especially the way I did, because um, I, I had I had a tryout with Miami, and I was jet lagged, and I literally after every route I ran, I needed to take like a couple minutes to catch my breath because I was so exhausted because I literally flown across the country, right? Um, and you know they were like, "We like you, we want to sign, we just don't know how soon it'll be," and then it ended up being like two days later, I hadn't even gotten back to my destination at that point. Okay. And they were like, you got to come back. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I was, I was on a vacation and then got signed to the Dolphins. I had, I had a suitcase of clothes. Okay. I didn't have, I didn't get to go back to my apartment in right. Dallas and, mm-hmm. and properly prepared. I just showed up with a bag. Wow. And I can honestly say, I think that's probably best. It's kind of like, you know, I was listening to a former teammate, Micah Pellerin. He he had a thing called burn the boat, you know, and he's like, you burn the boat, you know you can't go back. Right, right, the only right. way back is by victory, right? And right. I was down there with a suitcase of clothes, a toothbrush, and, and like, that's it. <laughs> so I had, I had to make the team, right? right? I had to figure it out. And right. I, going into that training camp, I knew I had to make an impact any way I could. Um, and that's the way I treated it. Every way, every, every training camp that I went to from that, that point on. So, yeah. taking advantage of opportunities. And the first year in Miami, when people were getting cut left and right, it really made me understand that, you know, you're going to get one pass thrown your way. You better catch it. Right. And, and then if you catch it, you better find a way to, one, hold on to it, don't fumble it. And then, two, maybe you can go score with it, do something with it. Right. Uh, first round draft picks or any draft pick, really, they're going to get all the opportunity. Right. right. Those those undrafted guys, it's not fair. They they always tell this Jimmy Johnson story about the the Troy Aikman one, right? It's like if Troy Aikman is asleep in a meeting, he's like, I'm going to wake him up and find him. But if you undrafted rookie fall asleep in a meeting, I'm going to wake you up and cut you. Right. Um, you're not, he's like, I'll treat you all with respect, but I can't treat you all fairly. Right. And I, I learned that quickly. Um, and it was just about going in and just doing your job every day, find a way to get better, find a way to make an impact. I mean, hell, the first day I got to Washington, I walked, uh, Morocco Brown told me to go into Danny Smith's office and tell him I'll do whatever I need to do to make the team. And that's what I did. Okay. Uh, covering kicks. I was like, hell, I'll hold kicks if you need me to. And, <laughs> right. and, and that that was just my mentality to be, one, to be available, two, to be efficient, um, and just find ways to make plays. And, and I was able to do that. Yeah. I, so I, let me, let me ask it. you real quick on Danny Smith. Was that gum or chew that that guy was always had in his mouth? Uh, double bubble. It was a double <laughs> bubble that only, it only lasted about like 15 seconds of uh, flavor, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he I mean he had like the big like yeah. 30 gallon tub of it in his office. And I mean <laughs> he's he always had some gum in his I knew it was yeah. something. He was always chewing on it. He had this this bulge in his in his jaw and he's always chewing on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was gum. It was not no it was no tobacco product. It was all gum and he was he was he's one of the realest realest coaches. Like if you talk to anybody who who's been able to, you know, coach be coached by him, 
they're going to sing his praises, and he's one of the best individuals that, that you come across. And I'm thankful to have him and to have the opportunity to play for him. Oh, right on. Oh, very good. Very right good. On, yeah. Right on, uh, you know, as, as you're talking here and, and explaining, you know, sharing some of your journey to, to make it to, you know, to the, to the field, it, you know, it is, and I already had recognized it, but I, I greatly appreciated the grind that you went through. Um, because you know, the physical grind, the mental grind, the, everything that you put into it as, as a, as a big football fan for whatever team, we all think that we would do it, but when you're in it and you have to do it, uh, I'm sure there's people that I'm not going to say give up, but they give up on themselves that they don't think they're, they're going to be able to do it or be able to make it. And, and you didn't, you know, that, that uh, to me, that speaks a lot for, for, speaks, for you as, as a player. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think honestly, I get I get that from my mom. Um, think well, my dad passed, you know, day before my sixth birthday, okay. and she I, there was never like any any like downgrade in lifestyle, right? Like we were still able to you know have the birthday parties, still was able to have you know a house, and she was able to have a life, and she worked and was able to have a social life. And I, every time I went out, I was like. She's raising three kids by herself. Mm-hmm. Okay. What the hell do I have to complain about? <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I get it. I get it. It's 100 degrees. I got helmets and stuff. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Right? right? Who cares? Yeah. You, you show up, do your job, and good things happen to you. And, and knowing knowing how hard she worked, it was it was it, it made it easier for me to show up every day. Um, and I always tell myself, um, it could always be worse. Right. And, and I got it tattooed on my arm now. It says pain is temporary. So it's like, shoot, whatever discomfort you're going through, it's only going to last so long. Right. Right. You know, so there was no reason for me to be upset and try to quit because I I had literally worked my whole life to get to that point. I had, I had to make the most of it. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. I, yeah. knew, I, knew, I, I knew I was at the end. I mean, I got in at like 25. Okay. Right? Right. And so most guys, most guys get drafted at 21, 22. Some guys at 20. So mm-hmm. those guys are on their second contract by 25. Right. Like, didn't Terry, Terry McLaurin just got a deal at what, 25 years old? 25, 26? Yeah. Yeah. That was my first time to touch the field. Wow. So, I'm the I'm the old rookie, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. All these all these young kids were all rookies, but they're you know they're babies, and they don't know nothing. They they haven't been through nothing. Everything has been, you know, D one schools, and we got all the food that you want. And you know, I came from a D two. I played in Odessa, Texas, for two hundred dollars and practice in the parking lot. Right. Wow. I play I played arena league. I've been through the grind. Right. I've learned from. Pros like Marcus Nash, Will Peters, Will Pettis, Jermaine Johnson, uh, Clint Dozell, some of you know some of the greats, Tommy mm. Jones, Jerry Grant. I've learned from these guys, right? So I knew how to work. I right. just had, I always felt I just needed to get the opportunity. You just need a I'm, chance. I'm so thank yeah, I just needed to get the opportunity to be in front of the right person. Yeah. I'll do the rest from there, and, well, and we made it work. Well, I, well, I can tell you as a as a fan, man. You know, um, we embraced you. Right, as a fan, as as a player in the team, I gotta believe the D.C. area embraced you, right? As a fan, uh, seeing you on the field, knowing that uh, you were one of the guys that made the squad, contributing to the team right away, 
And I, I got to believe that's what a lot of players want, just to be embraced by the organization and also by the fan base, right? Man, yeah, that is, that's, the, that's the truth. Um, because you're coming into a new spot, and especially whenever there's a lot of, you know, big names mm-hmm. that, are, that are out there, you know, Santana Moss. And um, at that time, you know, you, you just drafted a couple guys, Malcolm Kelly, Devin Thomas. And, yeah. you know, there was a lot of names that were out there. And then here comes this, you know, quote unquote old guy that shows up on the practice squad. And it's like, who, who the hell is this dude? <laughs> right, right. Um, and I, I mean, I showed up in Jim Zorn's, you know, last season. Yeah. Um, in about like October. You know, and everything kind of played out. Um, it worked out perfectly. Like Bruce Allen came in. Um, you, everybody leave your opinions to yourself on that. But Bruce yeah, Allen came yeah. in, right. and 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 everybody knew there was going to be a new head coach. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the last game of that that year, the Jacksonville Jaguars actually tried to sign me off the practice squad. Oh. I would have been active for a week. And, but then I would have been on their team in the offseason. Okay, I got you. And I ended up saying, I'm going to stay in Washington. You know, I, 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 I bet on myself to stay there because I figured new coach, new staff, mm-hmm. new everything, this has to be an even playing field. Ch- chance to make make impression with a new new staff, right? Exactly. I don't have to go into a building where, like, the coach already knows his guys or right. he's playing for his, he's coaching for his job. I was like, I'm going to stay here. Plus I didn't really lie. I didn't want to move again, but right. um, <laughs> That's fair. You know, I, I was really appreciating the area, but I was like, I'm going to bet on myself. Right. And, and I can, I can really say I, I got to give Morocco Brown uh, a lot of love for that because he, he was one of the, Hey, I think you should stay. You should really consider staying. Um, and it worked out well. And we, we signed Donovan or you know, traded for Donovan and whatever it worked out. And mm-hmm. I said, I, I said, I want to be his, his Deshaun Jackson. Right. Right. And in, in DC and was able to just able to do that. And yeah. then it's just how it worked out for me. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. If, any, if everybody goes on uh, YouTube to, uh, to look at some of Anthony Armstrong's highlights and you, you, you were the long ball. You, 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 <laughs> you were going for the long ball, uh, while you were in DC, and not that you didn't catch a, you know, the 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 shorter routes, but uh, your highlights are definitely some cranking it up and throwing it down the field highlights, man. Oh yeah, man. That was it. Was always a, in arena league. Everybody would always say, "Man, we got to see what you can do on the big field." Right. The arena field is essentially if you go inside the numbers to inside the numbers and fifty yards long. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I ran a four two forty. The field is fifty yards. Right, right. I like you, you can imagine how much more you could work with when right. you have more space. Right, and, right. You know, separation. Yeah, and that's what I was yeah, gonna say. I was gonna say because you. I was gonna say because you were a burner, man. You would get out there and and just run past these guys. Now I know we struggle to get you the ball sometimes, but <laughs> but what you didn't like was speed, and that that was that was for certain. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it worked out well. It, it was a it, it was a perfect match with the uh, Shanahan system um, because he he needs an X receiver that's really going to be able to push push the field and stretch the field, and his offense is really predicated off of speed. It's, um, and, and it's funny and, you look at Kyle over in uh, San Francisco and you see the same the same game plan, right? Mm-hmm. Oh it? yeah, I, I love I love watching him. 
uh, his him play coach the game because I see the plays that I ran. Yeah, that's what I mean. Not <laughs> not not much has changed, yeah, yeah. right? The colors have changed, yeah. but but seem like the system is still there. Um, in, in in the in the basics, yeah, I mean, you get some wrinkles here and there. Like Mike McDaniel started, you know, tinkering with some things, and you would see some wrinkles that weren't in the playbook back when back when I first experienced it. But for sure, for sure, yeah, it's, it's good. It's it's fun to watch that how that offense has kind of grown and evolved, right? Um, and to know that. And so here's another little little bit. I had I had a one little small impromptu workout with Washington um, when Jay Gruden was a coach, and I remember going in the locker room and Colt McCoy was like, "Oh man, hey, it's Anthony Armstrong," and like I was I was starstruck because I mean that's Colt McCoy, right. like he's a Texas he's a Texas football legend. Okay, um, but he was like, "Oh man, we watch you on tape all the time." <laughs> <laughs> and so they were still using some of my highlights and, and clips to teach the plays to the current team, and oh. it, it's kind of it, it was just kind of cool to see. I was that, say, that you make know. you feel good, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you did it. At, at least, it, hopefully, if they were you know for good stuff, like hey, don't do this. <laughs> if it was all for the, if it, if it was for something good, then absolutely, yeah. yeah. It, it was. It was definitely. Um, it's an honor to kind of to know that you're on the tape for a good reason. Right, right. Well, I, I have a question for you. So speaking of training camp, though, when you got your, your veteran guys, you have your, your higher drafted rookies, and you have your undrafted guys, do you find that your position group, specifically in your wide receiver, does everybody come and help each other? Do you find it where, hey, man, I'm just trying to get mine because I'm trying to make the squad, you got to do your own, or do you find that, players are really there to help each other and just kind of the best man went out man you know that's actually it's it, you get a little bit of everything okay um i was fortunate enough to have some very generous veterans that were willing to share their knowledge like okay. i just i followed behind Santan. whatever he did i did um but i, I took my own study into my own hands mm-hmm. but I, I always had the mindset of if it's man on man, I'm gonna win, gotcha, and right. I'll help you, sure. But I'm I'm gonna still win, right? Because mm-hmm. I think it's gonna help. You know, what was it? Uh, all boats rise when the tide rises, right. type of a type yeah. of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've heard. I remember hearing stories back when I was in arena league. Uh, I know Will Pettis was sharing that when he was with the Saints, he said that some of the vets would tell him the wrong route. Wow, mm. and. And so he would go out there trusting them, and then it'd be the wrong route. And so you you can't go and say, "Well, coach, he told me," but then they're like, "Well, why don't you know your playbook?" Right, right, right. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. you kind of have to chalk it up. Oh, um, so I, mean, I I took I took it whenever Kyle Shanahan came in, I I watched about every game of the Houston Texans, mm-hmm. and I studied every single position from X, Y, Z, Gator. I wanted to know the offensive play. I wanted to know the offense. Mm -hmm. I knew that I was primarily playing one position, Mm -hmm. but I was going to have value in the fact that, hey, if we need a Z, I got you, coach. Hey, we need a Gator. I got you, coach. I know what to do. Right. 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 And, and frankly, having, having that ability uh, to do whatever they ask 
And, and yeah, sure, maybe it's not as good as somebody else, but actually they can trust you to do the right thing. That, that, that I feel was probably one of my biggest values other than speed was the fact that I was smart enough to, to handle the playbook because in, in that 2010 year, I did play, I played X and Z. I would bounce back and forth based on the, the, uh, the personnel. Right. Somebody else came in, I'd bump to the different spot and then everything worked out seamlessly. So it, that's, that's the biggest thing I preach to players. Now I'm like, stop, stop trying to just be one position. Right. Just be a football learn, player, right? Yeah. Learn the whole offense. Yeah. And then you yeah. can get plugged in anywhere. If you're stuck at X and there's seven X's and, you, and they need a Z and you can't go, right. you don't bring any value. Right. You don't bring any value. Right. Okay. Well, well, Anthony, I, I follow you uh, for oh, for a number of years now on Twitter, and it, it definitely looks like you still are, are stayed connected uh, following you know, Washington Commanders. Now, um, going into going into the season, you know, there's a is a big change from this year than a couple other years. It, it, as uh, Reggie and I had been talking in the past, it seems like most of the positions. Uh, from a skilled position perspective, they're 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 set, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, how, how do you how do you uh, how do you see the team uh, playing out early on? You know, what 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 is your outlook for Washington right now? It, right now, it's 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 a little bit of an unknown because the the most important position on the field has a new a new a new guy doing it, right? Carson Wentz is coming in, mm-hmm. and we don't know what he's going to do, right? right? You have past tape and you kind of can think what he, you think, oh, he has a big arm and he can do so many good things, but we got to see that happen actually on the field together. Right. Um, I do. I like, I like the, I like the variety uh, of players because, you know, I play Madden and I can see, (laughs) I can see the benefit of having an Antonio Gibson, JD McKissick, uh, Brian Robinson, and then having, you know, Dotson and McLaurin and so many different players that have different skill sets right. that Scott Turner has to be staying up all night thinking of ways to get everybody the football. Right. Um, I, I feel like in the best case scenario, you have an extremely uh, multiple attack offense where, you, you, know, you know, they can do screens, they can go horizontally, they can go deep. They could run the ball if they need to. Like, I think that they have the ability to do so many different things. Okay. Um, but the training camp and preseason is really going to be important to determine what the the team's identity is going to be. Okay. Right. You know, um, it's not where you're like, well, we know for sure that we aren't going to do this. Well, I think they have an ability to do a little bit of everything. Well, let me ask you this: you hear a lot of times. Um, you know, the talking heads on television or even some of the people that cover the team, they talk about a team identity. As a player, how important is that? In other words, if you run the ball well and you can pass, is it important to be a passing team, less run, or be more of a run team? Or does it matter? Do you just try to configure your offense on a week-to-week basis to attack the opponent? Because that's the way I always, as a fan, think it should be. But some people mm-hmm. say just pick one thing and be great at it. Uh, 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 well, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was say, I, I, I think it's kind of I got to go quote you know Herman Boone and Denzel. So, sometimes it's like it's like Novocaine. Like, hey, 
we we know what we can get back to. Like if you go and look at Tennessee, mm-hmm. you know what the Tennessee Titans are finna do. That's right. They finna they finna hand it off to that semi truck in the backfield, <laughs> and and they gonna figure it out. Is it third, second, and twenty? They still gonna hand it off to him because he's probably gonna get twelve yards. Correct. Right. Right. So it's 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 good to be able to be just absolutely awesome at one thing. Okay. That's fair. Um, because it's but it, it's gonna set up other things. Okay. Uh, so, for example, a good running team, a really good running team is going to, the defenses are going to try to stop that. And they're going to try to force you to do what you're not so good at. So you have to be able to have a counterpunch, sure, right? right. Um, but the identity comes in because everybody knows, like, hey, we just got to get back to what we do. And and if it's running the ball, then it's running the ball. I don't mind the running the ball, even though I played receiver. Like I understand the importance of a running game, especially in that Shanahan offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be able to you know run the ball and and stick to your identity, even if it's not being the most successful at the time. Right? right. You just don't ditch the playbook because it's it's more than just one play. Right. right. It's more than just one play and. Identities are important. Yes, I mean you know you know what you're going to get from the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? You know what you're going to get from the Ravens, right. identity wise. Um, and it's good to be able to lean on that because whenever you need to exert your will on a team, be it passing wise and just being so efficient by getting the ball, catching the ball, passing it, catching it, and getting first downs, or if it's handing the ball off to a running back, um, that identity is what you're going to fall back on. Whenever things get tough, um, most teams seem to get in trouble when they try to get a little bit too cute and too creative. Okay. Uh, because if you think about it, if it's new, if it's new to them, they don't have you, know, you don't have a lot of uh, experience running those plays, and the execution may not be there. Okay. Um, and now you you do game plan for specific teams based on what they what they shown on tape. But at the end of the day, you're still going to have your bread and butter plays that you're going to use to set yourself up in those situations. That's fair. That's fair. I understand. You know, it, you know, we sit in the bars or we watch the television. And, you know, as, again, us guys that have never played the game, you know, it's easy for us to be a Monday morning quarterback watching on television. So I was, I've always wondered if how important having that one thing that you do great or that identity that you can fall back on how prevalent that was in in the uh, in the in the locker room. So, so I appreciate that. But I, I want to ask you this: Would you have liked the ability to catch a ball from Carson Wentz going deep? Um, if I would say yeah, because I mean I'd still be playing. <laughs> uh, I'd be out there as a thirty-nine-year-old receiver. Um, I mean, I, I I just I would love playing playing the game. Um, but you know, I can say right now I'm. I'm perfectly happy sitting at the house watching watching Terry and Jahan and Curtis and those guys go out there and handle the business because they're good, man. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. good. I mean, I, you know, I've I've never taken myself too seriously, and I'm and I I say uh, Terry McLaurin is is hands down much better receiver than I ever was. Um, not faster than me, but <laughs> he's a he's a he's a hell of a player yeah. and. It's a, it's a lot of fun to watch him play the game. It's a it really is yeah. to watch him. Just the way he can, the way he handles himself, um, the way he competes, the way he just is just always he's just so consistent. 
Yeah, he, he so definitely consistent. seems to be a be a pro's pro. Uh, very very mature, at least the way he handles uh, the media publicly, right? I mean, we don't yeah. I don't know him personally, but the way we perceive him is what we see um, mm-hmm. through his interviews and through the media and things of that nature. And he certainly um, handles himself as a pro's pro. And with all the off field things that we've had as an organization and as fans have had to endure, we certainly appreciate a guy like Terry. You know, refreshing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, being being that stable guy. You know. What, what we seems to be on and off the field. So, so we, we, we oh, definitely absolutely. like, yeah, we definitely appreciate Terry for that. Um, uh, Anthony, what uh, we're talking about the, you know, we talked about earlier briefly about the new era going from, you know, the Redskins to the football team and now the commanders. Uh, what, what's your two cents? <laughs> what's your two cents on the new uniform? Man, I, I, I'm, I'm like, I like two out of three of them. I'm not really, big on the white units yet right um unless they're unless they're gonna tweak the colors because i think the comparison was like it looked like a, an arizona cardinals alternate it looked mm-hmm. a little reddish um, yeah yeah reddish yeah, in color. yeah. Looks, yeah. Looks, looks more red than burgundy so that kind of threw me off but i i do like the all burgundy units I, I was personally a fan of the burgundy over the gold with the gold pants right okay um but the the all black ones. It caught me off guard with with the with the W in the front. But whenever I you know I did some t- asking on Twitter and they said it's kind of a tip to the uh, hat tip to the military. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, all right, cool, we, I, I can do that. So I do like I do like I do like that the black jerseys are completely different. Everybody else is. Uh, I heard another another podcast was talking like everybody else's black jerseys are just basically their normal stuff with just black. Right. Whereas Washington is a whole different design. And I like that. I think that it's, uh, it's unique. It's creative. Um, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the, of the burgundy, the burgundy units as well. So the burgundy and black, two thumbs up for me, the white, the white ones. I'm, I'm going to say no right now, unless unless they make a change. Um, cause you know, Things you can easily kind of say, "Hey, change that yeah. to a little bit more burgundy," and uh, the fans would be more on board with it. Sure. Well, what I what I heard from some of the folks that went to um, uh, the fan experience, I think it was some of the OTAs and things, who got to see some of the things that Jason Wright and those guys are doing. Supposedly, in person, the the white uniform doesn't look as red in person. Apparently, it's just an image that was that was out on on social okay. media or through the picture but apparently it is more burgundy than red but i'm with you okay. if it is if it is red i'm with you it needs to be more burgundy there was also rumors out there that they may do some interchanging with the white and the burgundy uniform so it may not just be yeah. all burgundy or all white they may mix and mix and match the pants and the jerseys between the two a- as well okay so okay i'm i'm excited for it yeah yeah and and just real quick i gotta ask you what 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 are your thoughts on the name Good, bad, you know, and good, bad, and different. It was, it was probably more indifferent. Um, it was, it was better than Ad, I think. Admiral was the other one that was kind of leaked out as a, as the potential. Right. Um, you know, I like Commanders over Admirals. Um, I was which one was I a fan of? Oh, I forgot now. Oh goodness. Either way, Red Wolves. I, I think it was. Red Wolf, the Red Wolves was, was, was good because I was thinking about the pack and then you call right. it the den, the wolf pack yeah, and all that. Right. I, th- I thought that there was so much that you could go 
you go down with that. Um, but you know, I'm not I'm not mad at Commanders. It's, mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't an overly sexy pick. Right. It True. was just kind of a like, oh, okay, all right. Right. And then we'll just keep it moving. Sorry, there's a plane flying by. Yeah, no, no, you're good. You're good. Every, it's, it's good. Every talk about commanders. Yeah. The, yeah. Now yeah. we we, th- we yeah. thought it was we thought the commanders was kind of a safe pick as well, but uh, it, it's grown on us, uh, you know, throughout throughout the year here so far. So what what I'll say though, uh, guys, is it sounds really good if it's the DC commanders. Okay. Yeah. It sounds good if it's the DC commanders. Yeah. Maybe that's that's just me thinking of like a couple years ahead, right? Where they're like maybe we can find a way to getting getting the team back into DC. Yeah, uh, that yeah. that now that was you talk about wanting to catch a pass from Carson Wentz. I wanted to play a game at RFK. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah. Like as much as many like story, every fan that you came across would tell a story about RFK and just how how crazy it was like that's the experience that i wanted to have yeah. i wouldn't i would have i would love to see the team go back to that to rfk and call them the dc commanders like now that right there that that's something like that's something we can get by you like that huh? yeah i think a lot of fans oh, would yeah. uh, would agree with you on that one Anthony. yeah yeah i think a, a huge population of folks wanted to go back to rfk I myself didn't get a chance to experience games there, but seeing the videos and I watching it on TV, you see the, the stadium rocking and shaking and, and the environment, the fans, and that was what, you know, a fan base was built during that time, right? And so to, to your point, I would have loved to have experienced uh, watching games at that stadium. Um, but to your oh, point, yeah. a lot of a lot of fans want the, want the uh, team to be back at RFK or at least – you know, tear that down and build on that site and, you know, and that type of thing. And, you know, I'm for it. You know, I don't live in the D.C. area, but, uh, you know, going to uh, the new stadium, you pass right by it on the transit system. So, um, so, yeah. 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 And I could, I could even see, I could see a, make a compromise of sorts and say, okay, you'll play, let's just play one game, right? Mm-hmm. Play the Dallas game. Man. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah, that'd be make magic it, right make there. it in, yeah, make it an event. Be yes. like, we're gonna play here. You know what I mean? Like you, you talk about smaller stadium and you talk about packing the stadium. Yeah, you pack that out for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As, yeah. As, as, as like 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 uh, how Texas OU kind of related to college, but Texas OU goes to the Cotton Bowl. It's a, it's a crazy uh, environment there, and and uh, yeah, if, if Dallas if they play the one game at RFK against Dallas. Man, that'd be a high price <laughs> ticket, man. The scalpers would be man. making some money off of that one. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think people would gladly pay it. I mean, yes, they would. In that game down there in D.C., shoot. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Be like a king. Be yeah. living like a king. Yeah, Cowboys might not want to show up to that game. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, Anthony, I didn't want to take up all your time, but we sure appreciate you coming on. Um, for those that yeah, this has been awesome, man. This, oh, this has been awesome. Yeah, it's been been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that don't follow uh, Mr. Anthony Armstrong on social media, that uh, you can reach him on Twitter. I know he's active on Twitter at Mr. Armstrong thirteen. Uh, mm-hmm. Other ways that people can reach out to you and 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 things you have going on outside of outside of football, Anthony. Oh yeah, man! I, I tend to do a lot of stuff. We're 
Uh, obviously, I'm a realtor. I guess not obviously. But I'm a realtor down here in the in Dallas area, so I get to do that. And that's a, that's a that's been fun. Um, but just just started my own podcast. Me and a, a guy by the name of Brian Murphy, okay. uh, the Believe in Commanders podcast. Okay, so Believe in Commanders podcast. Yeah, yeah. So we're so we've probably shot about maybe six 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 episodes or so, and. It's been fun. We had Taylor Heineke on a couple of weeks ago, and you know we're, nice. we're kind of gearing up, gearing up for training camp, and oh man, uh, so that's on that's on all your platforms. So you know, come check that out. Love to love to hear, hear the feedback. Love to have folks check in on that. And, um, working on a couple other things, trying to get a little get a little uh, clothing clothing line together as well. So. Oh. Very nice. Might have, might have something special for the folks up in D.C., so oh, nice. we'll see what we can do. That sounds good. Well, well, maybe later, uh, you know, in two or three weeks into training camp, as, as things are rolling and, and cuts are starting to be making, kind of figure out the team, we'd uh, definitely be interested in having you back on if that works out for your schedule. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. If I can talk during training camp without having to do training camp, yeah, I'm about it. I'm about it. <laughs> Well, that, that sounds good. That awesome. sounds good. We we greatly appreciate you uh, joining the the Burgundy and Gold Knuckleheads. And uh, again, thank thanks. For, thank you, man. Thank, thank you, you very we much. Really appreciate that, Anthony. Hey, man, no problem. I appreciate y'all having me on. All right, anytime, buddy. All right, man. Y'all have a good one. All right, thanks. Bye.